Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am super excited today to be joined by content creator and team reporter for the Chicago Bears, Lauren Screeden. Lauren talks about taking risks, the importance of working hard and treating everyone with respect and kindness, the advantages and challenges of being a team reporter, and so, so much more. This episode is awesome, so let's get to it. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today for Get My Job. I am so excited to talk to you and learn more about how you got to where you are today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. So let's jump in and get started and talk about your professional journey. How did you get into this business and what were the steps you took to get to where you are? I went to Indiana University, go Hoosiers, for (laughs) broadcast journalism. And I had always known that I kind of wanted to do something within journalism. Um, I took as many PR classes, honestly, as I did uh, broadcast classes. And so, um, as I was at Indiana, my love for storytelling just kind of developed. And I always loved sports, always wanted to do something in sports, but you know, when you're in college and about to face looking for a job, uh, at that time there were TV stations that had seven news reporter jobs open and one sports job. So I was Mm -hmm. always kind of unsure. I thought, Oh, I want to do sports, but I don't know. And so when I graduated from Indiana, I was applying to quite literally anywhere that tvjobs.com had, um, had posted Mm -hmm. and I heard from quite literally no one. So after college, I, that summer I moved out to Boston. Um, I had a couple opportunities for some freelance work and I had just always wanted to move to Boston. It was just kind of this weird calling I felt. Okay. Um, And so, uh, when I was out there, I worked like seven jobs, redid my demo reel. Um, I was like the girl who was, you know, walking dogs in the park and working at a boutique and doing, you know, freelance stuff on the side. So um, I think I even emceed a wedding. I mean, we're uh, literally everything. I love it. (laughs) And then I kept applying to jobs and got a job in Rockford, Illinois. And of course I'm from St. Charles. So, which is a suburb of Chicago. Okay. And I decided to take this weekend sports anchor job and sports reporter job in 
Rockford that was market, I think, one. 27 at the time or something like that. There's only like 200. (laughs) So so I thought, yeah, let's, you know, let's go. And I covered Friday night lights. I covered random carp fishing tournaments. I covered all sorts of stuff, but I also covered the Chicago bears. Okay. And so every Wednesday we were kind of that only Rockford station that would, that would cover the bears. And so I ended up driving to have to Hallis Hall pretty much every week. And, um, while I was there, I was doing, I was, sh- you know, shooting everything and had my camera on one shoulder and my mic in the other and in this NFL locker room. And, and so I was, um, you know, just trying to get everything I needed. And long story short, um, when the job became available with the bears, the same day I heard about it, uh, I also, they also reached out, um, because I had, uh, kind of, um, I don't know. I, they noticed, they noticed yeah. that I was, um, always out there hustling. And so they gave me a shot and that was about seven years ago. And I've been with the bears since. Wow. That's fantastic. That was and a long winded <laughs> answer. I'm really sorry. <laughs> not actually it was not long-winded at all and and I'm glad that you went into that detail because it's just really good for our listeners to hear what goes into it and it's not I think a lot of times we see people in positions and we think oh they just appeared there there she goes she's just the bears reporter she wanted to work in sports and there she is but the idea that you were a dog walker and worked at a boutique and you were in a different city and then you took this job in a small market but the reality is you just never know where anything leads to. So it's so important to seize those kinds of opportunities. So I'm, I'm really glad that you shared that with us. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. I, you know, I, and I love hearing how other people got into the business too, because when people do ask me, the first thing I say is there's just no blueprint for mm-hmm. how to break into the crazy business of sports. And now it's changed a lot too. I mean, not to, it, it, you can do it with TikTok now. That's super yeah. different than when, than when I was trying to break into the business, it was small market and people always had different advice. Like, well, you should, you know, go in as a producer, get any job. And then when that sports job opens up, you could do this or go in as news. And then when that, so it's just, it's always interesting because I feel like you just can't, you, you can't say, Oh, this is a, B, C, D, here's what you're going to do. And then you get to work in the NFL. It's like, that. it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. And I tell people that with fangirl, like I just started it. I mean, it was a, it was a blog called the trials and tribulations of my love, hate relationship with the San Francisco 49ers. And that was the beginning <laughs> of it. And I just, I had another job, but I did that and I took it seriously. And then after a year, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to like do this. And so then it became it was at the time for Aaron's fangirl and then it was fangirl sports network. And with, within a year, the 49ers credentialed me. And because kind of like the same thing you said about being noticed, like I was working really hard and I was covering community events and it just, you know, it, you just never know. You just got to start it. And it's so different even from when I started in 2015, like the things that I did then and how I thought the company would go are so different than what's happened. I'm super happy with how it's gone, but it, it you just kind of have to be open and you kind of just have to start. Totally. That, that's the thing that's going to get you going. Because if you just yeah. wait, who knows? But you got to just, 
you know, do your thing and start. So I want to go back. I I mean, I wasn't, I, yeah, I wanted to know how you kind of got it all started. And so that's awesome. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's how it all began. And I started doing when it became four hours, Fangirl, this podcast is about you. So we're going to talk about me for about two more seconds. But when it became four hours, Fangirl, I started doing videos every week. I did weekly game previews and I was writing and I had a podcast. I mean, I was doing all these things and got to know the four hours a little bit and then asked if I could cover their community events because I have a background in that and a background in politics and nonprofits. Uh, and that's really kind of, I think for them, what made them notice that that was very serious about this. And I wanted to kind of cover everything going on. Um, so they, it was amazing. They gave me this opportunity. They credentialed me within a year. It's been eight seasons now. So I'm not a wow. four fan anymore. It's different now because it's work. Uh, but I, mean, I don't want them to lose, but you know what I mean? It's just right. different now because <laughs> it's, because it's work. But, uh, eight years later I've been on this beat and it's, but it was just starting, you know, I literally just started it one day and did it. And with Vangirl, we've been through all these different iterations and it's just been, it's been quite a journey. But again, this is not about me. This is about you. So <laughs> I do want to get back to you. And something you said about how the Chicago Bears noticed that you were hustling and, and they reached out to you. And so I want to talk a little bit about building relationships in this industry and doing it in a very authentic way. And I ask this of all my guests because everybody has somewhat different, somewhat similar answers, but it's, it's the most important thing we do in this business. Just about building relationships. Yeah. Building relationships, whether it be with the athletes you're covering, whether it be with teams, whether it be with other people in media, because a lot of people have trouble with that. I don't know if I want to reach out. I'm afraid someone's going to say no, but how you build things in an authentic way, because that's really how you got your job. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I was raised, um, my parents instilled this in me in a young age and they said, work hard and be nice to people. Mm -hmm. And it might sound so simple, but that's truly how I got my job and how I try to approach everything in life. I remember my mom saying, you treat the CEO of the company the same exact way you treat the person that's cleaning the bathrooms. And that always stuck with, stuck with me mm -hmm. because it's so true. I mean, nobody's better than anybody else. No. And I think that it's hard to keep that in perspective sometimes, especially in the sports world, when you're working with athletes that are getting paid a lot of money and mm -hmm. they're, they're famous and people idolize them. And so I think sometimes it's easy to get caught up in that, oh my gosh, I need to treat them differently and I need to put them on this pedestal. And I've just never been about that. I my grandpa used to say, and now I'm just throwing out cliches, but they put their pants on the exact same way that you do in the morning, one leg at a time. It's mm -hmm. like, we're all on this, we're all on an evil, even playing field. And I think that the worst that anybody can say to you is no, the worst right. they can do is, you know, treat you poorly. If you ask them for an interview or you ask me, and then you know what, then they look like the jerk. So True. I just, I think that if you are just your authentic self, then that's, that's one of the most important things about being successful in this business. And especially from my perspective, being the team reporter, you know, I think that that also works 
to my advantage sometimes. I'm not going to say it doesn't because when it comes to building relationships with players, you know, our PR staff is never going to let them do an interview with me where they say something bad and that gets out to the public. I mean, right. Because they're, they're a little bit protected. So I think I do have that advantage of players and coaches letting their guard down a little bit, Mm -hmm. but that also comes with a big responsibility too. So in my role, I like to ask them about things that have nothing to do with what they're doing on the football field. How are Mm -hmm. your parents? How's your family? How are the kids? Like, I think that when you relate to people just like human beings, instead of professional athletes, you get the most authentic version of, of themselves. And I think that's one of the most important things about being a reporter is remembering that you are talking to human beings. And I think when you're, when you get into sports in, in this, I mean, obviously the universal you people get into sports, they, they're like, I love sports. I want to work in sports, but there has to be a little bit more because it's hard work. It's a lot of work and you are dealing with humans and people and you don't want to walk into a locker room and be intimidated by the people you have to cover. They're people. And you want to be right. respectful of people and you do want to be respectful of their talent and the things they're doing, the things they're going through every day. But you still want to remember that they're people. And I do think it also really drives home how this is their job. They're going right. to work. And when someone gets hurt and can't play anymore, that they've lost their job. And you right. really want to think about that. And that's so important to remember. And I just think about it like, what if if I screwed up on, you know, I do our sideline stuff at at soldier field during bears home games. If I screw up in front of the 65,000 people or whoever it is, Mm -hmm. you know, very few times are, are, or ever (laughs) are reporters (laughs) immediately after that going to be sticking a microphone in my face, asking me why, you know, I couldn't get the sentence out that I was supposed to say, or why did I ask a stupid question during a sideline interview? I mean, you have to remember that these guys, they don't, they don't want to have a bad game. Right. They don't want to make a mistake, but, but what's different about them is after they make a mistake, it's not, Oh, I got in trouble with my boss and I'm going to, you know, go home, chill out and, and come back tomorrow. And you know, this will all be better. It's like, this sticks with you. It's in the media and social media now. I mean, it's crazy. They, they ha- do have a lot of responsibility too, um, you know, when it comes to that. And so, so sorry, I, my dog is chiming in here. No, that's okay. <laughs> my yellow lab is just sprawled out on my feet. I'm waiting for him to like see something outside the win- window and go crazy. But I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I'm pretty sure that someone has walked by and she is outraged. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know that I love that we keep it real over here. We're yes, people. exactly. Um, no, I was just on a tangent. So I, I think that, um, yeah, you, you have to treat, um, treat athletes and players like they're, they're just also other human beings, but you have to remember that there is a lot at stake too, when it comes to, when it comes to their job, because you're absolutely right that it is their, their job and, and, for other people, it's entertainment. Right. But it is their job. So you mentioned 
some of the advantage of advantages, of course, of being the team reporter, and that there's somewhat somewhat of an inherent trust there, which is fantastic. Are there any challenges that you have found in being a team reporter? Um, I would say the biggest challenge is that when you do work for the team, there are certain ways that you have to cover a situation, and so it's a very interesting spot to be in because sometimes I feel like it's, it is reporting, but it's also a little bit of PR too, because the way that I cover something about the team, which goes on the team's website and digital and social and all that is going to be different than how Chicago reporters or national reporters cover a situation, especially if the team is struggling. So, and in recent years, um, it's, it's been a challenge, you know, when, if you're not winning a lot of games, then it does become challenging to continue to be the face of putting this out on social media and all that when the fan base is not super excited to hear what you have to say. From an emotional perspective, is it, you know, is it hard because you are, you're part of the team. And so you're, it's kind of interesting. This is going to sound a little bit like a weird tangent, but it's just a thought. It just popped into my head. You know, as a fan, one of the things that's really hard about being a sports fan is you love your team and you root for your team and you have no control over what happens to the team. No matter how many times you change your shirt, your jersey and all of the things, you have no control. As the yep. team reporter, you're a part of this team, but you can't control what happens on the field. Is that tough ever, like mentally, emotionally, any of that? It totally is because I see how hard these guys work also. Mm-hmm. And I see how it affects them when, you know, if, if we don't win that week or, or if there's something, you know, going on behind the scenes. And so when you do see that it's, um, it can be, uh, emotionally, it can take a toll on you. Mm-hmm. Um, I also grew up a Bears fan. I okay. was, you know, the kid in seventh grade wearing the Erlacher jersey to school. Like that was me. So right. I do have that fandom where this isn't just a team that I started covering. This isn't a team that I just started covering. This is my hometown team. I, Mm -hmm. you know, I've loved the bears ever since I was a kid. My mom was born in Chicago. I, I will always and forever be a fan and have that. And so it is tough sometimes to separate my being a fan from being a professional that works for the organization too. Which is, it's understandable. You're only human. But it is fun also because when I was a reporter in Rockford, you know, that was a general media position. So Mm -hmm. you're sitting in the press box and you can't cheer for the team. Now I stand on the 10 yard line and they score. I'm cheering for the team. So I do actually get to embrace being a fan as well as working for the team. So it's, it's a fun balance. Do you ever have that moment where you're like, wow, my younger self would like pass out right now? I do. Yeah, I totally do. I think it really, like I said, you know, I had a Brian Urlacher jersey. And so it's still funny to me when I will see him at like alumni events or whatever it is. And I got to cover his Hall of Fame induction. And so guys like that, who I grew up 
rooting for when they know my name. I'm like, oh, that is, yeah, that is kind of weird. It's kind of cool. I grew up a Niners fan and um, Steve Young follows me on Twitter now. And when I was a kid, like I loved Steve Young. Yeah. <laughs> like he was my, and so when he followed me on Twitter, I was like somewhere my like five-year-old self has just passed out. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> or however old I was. Yeah. It's very, it's very funny. If you could give our listeners one piece of advice for starting a career in this industry, what would it be? Let's see. I already dropped my work hard and be nice to people. Um, I think just take risks. I, I think that's just a really important thing to remember that, um, you know, you never know where something can lead. So go up and, and make that connection with somebody in a room that you normally wouldn't make. Um, you know, make the video that you're not sure if anybody's going to watch, but mm -hmm. you never know when somebody's going to notice. So I think you just have to take some risks. Like you said, you did it. That's how, that's how you got to where you are. And I think that, that sometimes it's easy to sort of play it safe and go, well, I, I could never do that. And mm -hmm. forget that. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you totally can. <laughs> You absolutely can. And, and if you do it and it doesn't work, that's okay too. Try something different. Try something else. Be open. Right. Because not everything is going to work. Sometimes it's funny, the things that you think are definitely not going to work or that aren't that big a deal are the ones that really are what get you to the next level or the ones that perform really well. And the ones you're like, this is going to be the thing that hits. It doesn't, you know, you just know 25 views and then you're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I'm sorry to say that one more time. It takes what? <laughs> Yeah. The thing that you work forever on and then it gets 25 views right. and the thing that you threw up in like five seconds and is a random TikTok goes viral. It's like, what? It's a crazy world. It is. It's a crazy world. It's funny. And you just, you just never know. So as long as we're talking social media, uh, I want to talk a little bit about that just in terms of obviously a lot of what you do goes on the team social media account. And then you have your own social media account. And we all know social media can be a really big positive kind of for what we were talking about, that you can just get started and take those risks and throw up your videos and whatever you need to do. But it also can be a little bit toxic. And people are not always the nicest when they're talking to a computer screen. They think they can say whatever they want. How do you kind of balance that? Do you not read the comments? Do you not respond? How do you do that? Oh, the keyboard warriors. They're the worst. Uh, board warriors. I, I would like to say I don't read the comments. Um, but social media notifies you when, right. when people <laughs> comment. So even if you don't want to see it, it's like, Oh, well, yeah, I can go delete that, but it's still, it's still there. Right. Uh, I think you just have to remember that, that these people, it's so easy to hide behind a screen and, I'm really grateful that I, th I think in how I was raised, I am able to separate that. And I'm not going to say there aren't comments that, that don't stick with you, of course. but, um, you just have to remember the, the person on the other side that's typing that is not perfect. And everybody has something. And a big thing to remember is social media is so fake. Yeah. I mean, that's, you just see 
the highlight reel that everybody wants to put up there and put themselves in their best light and all that. And so I think keeping that in mind too, when you are dealing with trolls Mm -hmm. (laughs) is, is just important to remember. Like I am not, I, I feel for parents who are raising kids in this environment, trying to explain, you know, that social media is not, that's not actually what's going on in someone's life. And I know that's a little bit different than the question you asked me, but no, it, I just, it. every day I'm like, I am really grateful that I'm at the age I am now. And that, that I was at the age I was when Facebook and all that kind of started because it would be really, really challenging because that it just messes with your head. Absolutely. Even as, you know, even as an adult, it just, can mess with your head. And I think, I think that is important. And I'm glad you brought that side of it up because especially in our industry, sometimes it's easy to look at other people's pages and say, Oh my gosh, they're doing this. Should I be doing that? How did they get that opportunity? Why don't they? It's very easy for all of us to do that. And it is just important to remember we're all on our own path. Again, with, I'm going to go now. I have my own cliche. We're all on our own path and Things happen at different times for different people. And again, we are all looking at a highlight reel. And we should know, we know that from ourselves. You know, it's we are all looking at highlight reels on a daily basis and comparing is not going to help you. Right. Exactly. It's hard. And I agree with you. Raising kids now in it has got to be extremely difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Because as an adult, I mean, when you see the comments, it does. It does affect you. But I've gotten to a point now where I can just say, oh, whatever. We'll just brush it off. Well, and I think the thing is you probably know, like if someone is going to give you a piece of constructive criticism, it's someone that you know and respect and probably work with and not somebody named user 27257 with no uh, profile photo. (laughs) Exactly. No followers, no profile photo. It's like might be a bot, but Yeah. 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 And for every negative, I always like to think, um, someone once told me for every negative comment, go and find, you know, 10 or 20 positive comments, because you could have, you could have 35 comments on something and one of them is negative. And it's like, why are you just focusing on that one negative comment when there's 35 positive comments or whatever, you know, 34 positive comments. So I think that it's just human nature. It, it, it gets to you, but you just have to look at the bright side also. I think that's, that's good advice. And that's a good thing to do because at the end of the day, it's, there's only one negative and 34 positive for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, that's something totally. to remember. so we're coming to one of my favorite parts of the podcast, which is day in the life. And I was wondering if you could take us through a day in the life of Lawrence Creedon and it could be a game day. It could be during the week, really whatever you feel like would be fun to share with us. Oh my gosh. I feel like, especially recently, every day is so different, whether it's, you know, it always has a well, it always starts with a walk with Chevy, my yellow lab, okay. who's currently sitting on my feet. And that's that's pretty much every day. But then it's usually a combination of of editing and you know creating some something. Um, but I guess I'll take you I'll take you through a game day. So I, like I said, I start my day walking Chevy 
I immediately have coffee. Mm-hmm. Usually I'll try and get a workout in. That's normally ideal. But um, when I get to Soldier Field, sometimes I'll do pregame stuff. Um, like this past weekend, I did uh, some tailgating content. And then I went over to the field and I always have a pregame live hit. I do all of our, um, all of our, uh, sideline reporting during the games. So like when there's a TV timeout or whatever, then I do stuff on the video board. So we have a lot of sponsored things. Uh, I do an alumni interview. So this last weekend it was Dick Buckist, which of course oh, he's fun. legendary. Yeah. Um, so, I'll yeah do my pregame stuff and then I stand on the field, um, do all these features during the game. At halftime, it was our alumni game, so we had actually over a hundred alumni that I had to announce, which was oh, wow. a mouthful. <laughs> that is that is a lot. Of- <laughs> yes, we were moving very quickly, and um, yeah, and then. I, after the game, you know, I might do interviews or things like that. I had a couple of sponsored, actually, I shot a day in the life, which for one of our sponsors. So I had to edit that after the game, edit my tailgating thing. And, um, usually after a game day, I'm absolutely wiped and (laughs) really like can't even string a sentence together, but it usually ends with, a frozen pizza, guilty pleasure, and <laughs> and possibly wine. And although I think this last weekend I was just so fried, I didn't even didn't even have a glass of wine. And uh, yeah, that's kind of my my day. I don't know. I didn't make it sound that. I swear it was very tiring. I didn't make it sound that that exhausting though. No, it def- I mean it definitely is. I'm curious, what time do you get to the stadium? For let's say it's a noon kick, what time are you at the stadium? I'm usually there by nine, okay. eight thirty or nine o'clock. So I like to get there, review everything, review my scripts, which I'll have printed the day before and put on note cards and all that. But yeah, if it's a noon kickoff, I'm I'm there by eight thirty or nine. I'm usually three to four hours early too, and it's funny because I'll get there and I'm like, God, I'm so early, and somehow the time all gets eaten up really quickly, and so many things happen, and then like the game is over. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I know. And then when you're down there and you're focusing on like, you know, I'm meeting, we have fans coming on the field to do these games and, or I'm, you know, talking to our alumni. And so I swear once the game is over, I'm like, okay, what happened? Who played well? Like what, what mm-hmm. was going on here? Because it's actually really hard from my perspective to try and pay attention to what's going on in the game when there's all this other stuff going on. I'm sure that's true. And that the in-game responsibilities are probably relatively intense, not in a bad way, but intense. Yeah. It's, um, it's, yeah, there's, it, it just, it makes the day go by really fast. Like you said, I think that I have all this time beforehand and then I look and the game's over and it's six o'clock and I'm driving home. Yeah. That's, that's how it, that's how it goes. It's funny too. Cause like for me, when the game's over, also like the work, the second part of the work day is just beginning. And so it's because then it's like media and then I have to write and then all, you know, it's just funny, all the things. Right. But 
go into it, uh, which, so it's why it's always great when people ask me if I can come to their tailgate, I cannot, or if I can meet them after I cannot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. That's weird is when people during the game will call me and they're like, Hey, can you come say hi? And I'm like, what? Yeah. No. People. Yes. That's Does it look one. like I have time? I'm glad that you're like 12 beers deep. Please have one for me, but <laughs> I cannot say hello. I, I used to try in the, my, my first year, if someone was there, I would try to go say hi at halftime. That lasted, I think, one game. I was like, that's never, I can't do that. It's not, yeah. much, there's not that much time. And so that lasted, yeah, like all of one game. It's like, that is never happening again. Actually, well, this tailgate content this past week, it was my first time tailgating at a Bears. I mean, and I couldn't like participate. I was just there like, getting content, but it was with the three three thirty start and all that. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is what people do before a game. Okay. So that was like phase one of my day and then actually the game. And then, like you said, starting editing and all that was phase two. It was, or phase three, actually. I I kind of like the idea of the day being in phases. I think I'm going to start thinking that way. Phase one pregame, phase two is the game and phase three is postgame. Right. (laughs) I like that. That's very, I'm going to, that's very helpful for me. Thank you. I like that. (laughs) Um, It's a little compartmentalizing, you know. I think that actually, I'm going to find that really helpful. Thank you. In terms of also like charging my devices, I need to charge for phase one. I can recharge it during phase two, and then it needs to be ready for phase three. (laughs) That's very funny. Uh, Well, Lauren, this has been super fun. Um, I've really loved talking to you. I feel like I could talk to you forever. I've loved learning about your journey and, and what your days are like. So thank you for sharing that with us, but I can't let you go yet because we have to do five fun facts, which is my most favorite thing because it's something I started with the 49ers players years ago and we still do it and it's video and they get to tell us five things about them you wouldn't otherwise know. But on Fangirl Sports Network, we do a five fun, I'm just going to shamelessly plug it. We do a five fun fact series every Wednesday that you can find on our Instagram and in our website and Twitter. But on this podcast, we ask our guests the same five questions every week. And it's been cool because oddly, we get really different answers to these same five questions. So if you're up for it, five fun facts time. Let's do it. All right. Five fun facts with Lauren Screeden. Lauren, what is your favorite moment in sports? Oof, when the Cubs won the World Series. That's fair. That was exciting. That I'm was not even a Cubs fan. I was excited. Well, except now I'm kind of a Cubs fan because I Cody Bellinger is my favorite baseball player and I am a diehard Dodgers fan, but Cody is my favorite. So I am like a half Cubs fan because I want Cody to do well. So, okay, we'll take it. We'll yeah. take it. <laughs> Belly, Belly's my guy. Uh, what is your life motto? You may have kind of shared it earlier, but what is your life motto? I shared some earlier, but I am going to go with be the person your dog thinks you are. And I think I your dog barked right on cue for me there. She really did. Kathy was like, <laughs> we planned that. <laughs> yeah. Kathy was, Kathy always, I have two dogs, Kathy and Sadie and Kathy always <laughs> likes to make an appearance during a podcast. And she loves making an appearance on radio. Loves it. I would say nine out of 10 radio interviews. I do. Kathy is like, I got something to say. So <laughs> plus her heart, but I being the it. person that your dog thinks you are is fantastic. You mentioned earlier getting a workout in. What is your go-to workout? Okay. As of like two weeks ago, I joined the Peloton cult. Okay. I have been 
saying for years, I'm not kidding you. I have said for years, I can't believe people are obsessed with it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't have any desire to try it. And then I tried it and I'm addicted. So there's that. You have a favorite Peloton instructor? Cody. You know what? He is mine too. And I've decided that maybe if your name is Cody, I'm just predisposed to be a fan. Because <laughs> maybe kind of Cody's getting a lot of love there. Yeah. A lot of love, a lot of airtime for the Cody's. What yeah, I did a Katy Perry uh, ride this morning and it was a great way to start my day. Oh, that sounds so fun. Yeah, highly I, recommend. That sounds super fun. What is your go-to coffee order? A iced vanilla latte with almond milk and yes, iced even if it's negative 10 degrees in Chicago. Okay, so I'm a very seasonal eater and drinker and I, but the iced coffee brigade of people who are iced, no matter what, I respect it. Yeah. Really okay. So even when it's like dead of winter. Yeah. I always, I just love the iced, you know, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I can't get away from it. Well, that is fair. And last but not least a book, every woman should read. Ooh, I'm not going to pretend that I'm a big reader of like inspirational books and things like that. I read trash and I'm really? proud of that. As well <laughs> you be. We need to I just finished again, long overdue. I'm really behind on the trends, but, uh, it ends with us just finished that. Mm. And, uh, before that I read Verity. So I guess I'm on a Colleen Hoover kick and you can judge me if you want to, but that's that. We didn't get real deep there on that last answer. <laughs> I happen to love Colleen Hoover and there is no judgment at all. And I am more of a read for escapism type of person as well. So I love it. And Colleen Hoover's great. So no judgment there. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. Let everybody know where they can find you. Oh, yes. Uh, they can follow me at L. Screeden pretty much on everything and check out uh, the Chicago Bears social and digital content and Lauren Screeden on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Fantastic. You guys can find us on Twitter at Fangirl Sports, on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And if you like what you heard today, and I know that you did, please make sure to leave us a five star rating and a positive review. And with that, I will talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.